Hello, and welcome to Too Stupid to Live. Or, since it's still spooky season, Too Spooky to Live. Okay, anyway, um, Too Stupid to Live is a podcast that reviews romance novels $5 and under. I'm your host, Becky Feldman, and listen, I have a scary story to tell you right now. Okay, <clears throat> don't be too scared. One time, many years ago, there was a woman, an unemployed woman, who took a swig of Jameson from a huge bottle that she stole from her friend's bachelorette party, and she took a huge swig, and then she decided to go into her closet and talk into a microphone about all of her opinions on romance novels that she refused to pay more than $5 on. And cut to years later, she is still in that closet and she still got her opinions, and she has made 100 episodes of a podcast. Yes, I am talking about this podcast, and yes, it is my 100th episode. A hundred. I can't believe it. I did a hundred things. Like, who does a hundred things? Like, who does a thing and then does it a hundred times like I can't even it feels like I can't even do two things in a day yet somehow in these past five years I managed to do a thing 100 times it's just it's crazy but what a fun 100th episode this is because listen I have always wanted to review a, she a Shelley Lawrenston book because they always seem totally nuts, but I never could because they were always more than $5. So how fortuitous, or however you say that word, um, that on this episode, on episode 100, one of her books, Go Fetch, is finally available for $3.99, and that is the book we are reviewing today. So before I get to the guests, I just want to tell you about a new book that's coming out from Zebra Books that I'm not just promoting because the woman on the cover is a beautiful redhead. If you're a fan of Scottish historical romance, definitely check out Once a Laird by New York Times and USA Today bestselling author Mary Jo Putney. It is the sixth and final book in the Rogues Redeemed series, and already it is getting great reviews. Plus, it's a number one new release on Amazon as I speak. Into this microphone in my closet. You can find more information on Once a Laird at tstlpodcast.com. So my guests today are UCB friends of mine, writers and performers, and married couple Madeline Walter and Ben Green. And I couldn't have had funnier guests on this 100th episode. So please enjoy this review of Go Fetch. Madeline, Ben, welcome to Too Stupid to Live the podcast. Thank you. Thank you we're, so much. We're so excited to be here. We're really excited to I'm, be here. I am so excited to have you guys. Um, okay, so the first question I always ask is, before this book, have you ever read or skimmed like a romance novel or like erotica or anything like that? I, I have a, so not really, but I do have um, a very vivid memory of sitting next to a woman on a plane one time um, who was like 
reading like a very saucy book. And I, I like so much so that I caught a glimpse of like a word on the page and immediately was like, knew what it was. And she caught me reading over her shoulder and she turned to me and she was like, it's pretty good, right? (laughs) 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 Um, That's that's my, that is my favorite, favorite uh, erotica memory prior to reading this book. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, I love, she wasn't like, excuse me. She was just like, right like what a nice (laughs) what a nice person I know I thought it was really sweet (laughs) and I have no experience so um I think we were both really scandalized by this book because of how new it was for both of us I read romance all the time obviously I have this podcast and I was scandalized. Like, I, so like, I probably not as much as you guys, but I was, my jaw was dropped <laughs> and I read this stuff all the time. And I should, I should clarify when I say scandalized, I mean, both exactly that and also delighted. <laughs> and um, just like two people experiencing something for the very first time and, and having our eyes open to a new world. <laughs> I, listen, I, this is all going in my head right now. And I'm glad I was able to provide you <laughs> with a brand new experience that hopefully you guys, maybe you grew closer. Maybe you grew yeah. closer. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, I think we just need to get into it because this book was so ridiculous. Um, okay. So the book the three of us that reviewed was, or are going to review is Go Fetch by Shelley Lawrenston. It is currently $3.99. Okay, here's the synopsis. As with most students who are about to defend their thesis, Mickey Kendrick finds herself a target of shape-shifting hyenas. And that's not even the beginning to everything that's going on in her life. Added to that is, I don't think I'm going to say his name right, but Conal Viga Filen, the shifter who's been recruited to protect her. So what does happen when you mix a Viking wolf shifter and a doctoral candidate? It's nothing but a high octane, jam packed and explosive fuck fest. <laughs> That's a perfect summary. <laughs> Did you know that Becky writes those? I, I, I figured only because um, it was it was funny and, and much better written than a lot of well, I'm just so impressed Thank by you. it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I wrote this maybe at 530. <laughs> so it, it's a fantastic summary. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, listen, I don't even know where to begin with, with this book. Like it, first of all, I think the first thing I want to say is that I probably should have read the previous book. Cause I think it just like, you're just in it. You know what I mean? There's I, a previous book. Yeah. It's, I was, I, you know, I, I, so we listened to this as an audiobook. Oh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so, so that's how we experienced it. But um, earlier today, I like glanced through the Kindle copy just to like sort of refresh my memory. And, mm-hmm. and that's when I saw for the first time that this is um, book two, which made me feel a lot better about like a lot of the writer's assumptions that we just like understood the rules of this world like I was both confused and honestly a little impressed at how much like 
um, faith she put in her readers that they would just like know what she meant every time she said the pack. Like, yes. <laughs> so this makes a lot of sense. I would <laughs> right. say I was constantly confused during the book and repeatedly had to pause and Madeline would explain to me what was going on. That see, I had to like, I feel like I felt lucky just given that I had like read these books before of like, yeah, I know what a shifter is. And then, and then I was like, okay. So like, and then I was like, okay, the pack, I guess that's like, you know, a pack, like animals travel in packs. So those are the other animals. Um, I think the craziest thing was that it seems like everyone in this world like shifts. Like it's like, there's these people who like, you know, they're shapeshifters and like, you've got wolf shapeshifters, you got hyenas. And it's like, no one not sh- like turns into animals in this, in this book. Yeah. Mickey is the odd woman out. Yeah. Not shifting. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, when I, I was like rereading the first couple of pages and I noticed something I didn't notice when we first listened to it, which is that yeah, Mickey and her friend who we hear a great deal about Angelina, they are, I think, they are the t- only two non-shapeshifters like in their town, mm-hmm. um, which I like, I was grateful for that background. Cause like, as we were listening to this book, I was like, had, I was like, everybody ships. This is crazy. Everyone's yeah. I thought it was like, you know, with like vampires are like, no, don't tell anyone. And then it's like, well, you're a werewolf. You're a whatever. You're a walrus. You're a blah, blah, blah. Like it was just like everyone, everyone was an animal. Okay. So, okay. The book starts off like almost with a bang. Connell sees Mickey in the forest, just reading a book. And he was just (laughs) like, back off dogs. She's mine. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about that level? Cause like, okay, so he sees her, he's a Viking, he's a Viking werewolf. So, which of course add Viking to the werewolf. Great. Um, and, um, he sees her and he just like, like testosterone just like fueled out of every pore. And he was like, I need to have her. And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. What, what is Yeah. I mean, I think this book toes the line so interestingly between being really like back in the stone age mm-hmm. in terms of like how much uh, like how territorial the mm-hmm. um characters are over each other which i guess makes sense for wolves but then <laughs> it's also very progressive in a lot of other ways and i feel like they they really go out of their way to make it clear that like connell thinks her mind is the sexiest thing mm-hmm. um and that he just and he loves her <laughs> in a very permanent way that has nothing to do with her looks or like has something to do with her looks mm-hmm. but like it there's like a sentence that talks about when her looks fade like it won't do anything for him mm-hmm. like to, for his love because it's a he's in love with her yeah. um yeah. there so but yeah he's clearly a very aggressive character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think like he makes her so okay like i mean they're both so horny and I wrote that again and again in like notes I'm like this book is so horny that I didn't even like I don't even know what the non-sex plot is about (laughs) well and I so is that always how these books are because this was like so I was I found myself wondering like is every romance novel just like about certain kinds of people but they're like oh yeah people slash animals you know (laughs) but like 
the thing about them all is they're just crazy horny all the time. Cause it really seemed like everyone in the whole world of this book was like nearly violently horny. Yeah. There wasn't like, there wasn't a time where if a third character was coming in that they weren't interrupting two other characters from having sex. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it was constant. Yes. Um, I feel like like there's a whole spectrum of romance novels like uh-huh. this I thought like the sex to plot ratio was like 90% sex 10% plot but there is a plot I'll give yeah. it that I think there's other ones that are like it could be 10% sex and 90 so it's like all it can be like the balance is like can be literally anything uh-huh. this was just sad I mean I feel like the story that what it was of him like protecting her when she goes to you know defend her thesis that could have been like a 10 page long short story yeah (laughs) there was like so and I also was like uh, like they always went back to the hotel too which I was like there's like these people have like seem to have sort of no shame and this is like seems to be a book all about horny sex and just the fact that like every time they were having sex it was like either in like their hotel room or like a bedroom or sometimes a bathroom I was like a little bit for the amount of sex Mm -hmm. I was kind of amazed that it all they were always like okay but first let's like go back to the hotel there were like so many logistics of them like Mm -hmm. just traveling to and from the room where they were going to or just had had sex exactly yeah and like it kind of like stressed me out when they're like oh no like like someone attacked her in an alley like that's what happens to me someone attacked her in the alley and then like she's like oh I have to travel with this guy I'm so attracted to and now I'm having sex with him and then it's like you don't did you just forget you were there were like so many high stakes things happening and they just took like the longest breaks to have sex It, it was your it was that was stressful yeah yeah it just like it and it's like I forgot. I'm like, wait, what? She like there were even parts about her character. Like, it seems like Mickey does everything, you know, like, like, oh yeah, she has a high IQ. And like, oh yeah, she makes weapons. And like, wait, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> She's a hacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She yeah. We couldn't believe when they announced her IQ as like 178 or something. Yes. I just Is couldn't believe she possible? knew her IQ. Have you ever tested for your IQ? I don't even know how to like do that. No, I I never have. Have you? No, but I think the IQ I think IQ testing is like people generally agree it's like a pretty flawed. <laughs> kind of system that's like also pretty racist and is like um set up is you know written by a certain set of people to mm-hmm. like um you know it, it's it's a really bad metric yeah I would yeah when she announced when she knew her IQ to the point <laughs> both of us were like what <laughs> it was it was a great moment <laughs> the book like topped itself <laughs> yeah and it kept doing that yeah like it went to places I didn't expect um wait so me Mickey's a hacker and she like but is also a student but she also does like is a bartender 
There are many, and they go out of their way, I think, to say that there are many Mickeys. <laughs> it's like hacker Mickey would never <laughs> treat bartender Mickey that way. <laughs> and I'm like totally skipping to the end, kind of, well, sort of, but like, you know, there's the big fight scene, all the animals, yeah. like, oh yeah, there's the fight scene, all the animals are, are coming. Um, and she's like, had like secretly hid this like mason jar full of clear liquid. Yes. <laughs> like she knew ahead. And, and then it was like, oh wait, she makes weapons too. Yeah, she makes like a magical fire that is like, yeah, like that the government was trying to get because it was like such a powerful weapon. Like it, this whole book, something that I kind of appreciated about it was like the whole thing seemed just like a full exercise and wish fulfillment like it seemed mm-hmm. so much like oh my god I wish I was like this like badass woman with like a tight ass and I always wear Doc Martens and I'm really smart I'm smart at weapons I have an academic <laughs> career I'm a hacker all my friends love me and multiple times in in a one week span my name has been chanted by a group of people who love me mm-hmm. and I have two best girlfriends who do anything for me. And now I have this like hot, hot boyfriend who I've had nonstop sex with, even though I've been like pretty mean to him this whole time. Mm -hmm. And he also loves me for my mind. Like, it just seemed like it like really went round the world on like all of the things a person might want in their lives in, uh, in, in all the different aspects of, of your, of your life. hundred percent. Yeah. It, it, it felt like, like the whole time I was reading it, I felt like this whole book was a bachelorette party. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> the other like main theme of the book is that she has really good friends and loves her friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go out of their way to like say that repeatedly. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're all, and it is just like the way they interact with each other of like, like make sure to have condoms like uh, (laughs) and And they kind of want to be there for these sex they ask details (laughs) yeah it was like a little like it was like but like sometimes I thought was kind of sweet and and sex positive and sometimes like really crazy how much everybody's friends were all obsessed with like them like their friends having sex yeah like it like everybody's like connell's friends i think sent him with condoms mickey's mm-hmm. friends sent her with con like everybody was just like please have sex and tell us about it and here are some condoms yeah yeah everyone it just felt like the author was like i'm gonna inject hormones into literally every character and everyone's <laughs> an id like an id thing you know <laughs> <laughs> Yes, even like even to the point where like her thesis advisor was like, actually, I'm married to a sexy wolf too. And like literally every person in the world was like horny and mostly fucking a wolf. <laughs> that to me was one of my favorite parts of the book. Um, like, okay, so she's like has her professor and like. And she's like, mm. like she says something. I'm totally paraphrasing, but the you know the Connell's falling around protecting her or whatever. And like the professor's like, oh, wolves, am I right? 
that was also like a great example of like another thing I sort of really like liked about this book was like there was almost there were almost no real obstacles to any of the heroes in this story like all of these points where I was like oh she's gonna get in trouble for like like making out with Connell in the hallway and then like her thesis is going to be jeopardized and then she's going to have this like internal conflict of like oh this like I love him but he is getting in the way of my academic career but instead her teacher was just like "Ooh, cool this makes me like you more (laughs) (laughs) it was like a really interesting like pleasant surprise yeah yeah and like even like even with all this stuff going on when she went to defend her thesis that whole scene was just like she was like yeah I pretty much just kicked ass and killed my thesis defense like this whole the whole like her worry for the whole book like from page one was like I hope I nail my thesis defense and just the fact that that scene rolled around went off without a hitch and that's all that was said about it was like so great. <laughs> it, it made me laugh because I was like, what is, what's her thesis on? We don't even know what she's studying. I don't even know what defending your thesis is, to be honest with you. <laughs> and would have loved to see that scene. <laughs> yes! yes <laughs> I would have loved that. <laughs> I didn't see it at all. She comes out so fucking confident. Like she's, you know, like everyone's like, oh, Mickey, you think too much. You think too much. And um, she comes out being like, I kicked ass. And it's like, if you think too much, you would not think that. No. <laughs> oh, it was like, they were like, oh, I don't know. It's kind of enough about the thesis, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like yeah, the writer like only was interested in like, talking about like how nervous she was for her thesis yeah. not at all interested in the actual thesis defense yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so let's talk about Connell for a second he his his testosterone level in this book scared me and I wanted to like hide under my bed <laughs> so I have a question for you yeah um in the audiobook, mm-hmm. almost every one of Connell's lines <laughs> is read in a voice that's like, Mickey, don't do that, Mickey. That's really good. That's, I, that actually Thank you. That. Is that how you read it in your head too? Or is this just what the lady who read the audiobook decided? I read it like... It's hard for me not to like picture this guy as like a huge like David Bautista, Dave Bautista kind of guy. And so yeah, I just pictured him growling like Mickey, like you know, almost like the um <laughs> yeah, like Christian what's his face's voice from um Batman, you know. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See full on growl. <laughs> <laughs> He, I mean, it was just like, he, they talk about like him having like an inner wolf and he's like trying to, and he's also a Viking. And so he's like Viking blood. I don't know. We didn't need that many um, identities. I don't think we needed that many identities. No, you've hit on like a 
a really sort of good note for both Mickey and Connell is like, they, they were both just like a few too many things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. Like if I dated a, a werewolf or a wolf shift or whatever, who was like descended from a Viking like culture the first thing I wouldn't call him is Viking you know what I mean like I call him like wolf wolf yeah it's like because like a Viking is at least like a human so it's like right it's like who cares not that crazy for like a person to I don't know I I don't think it's that like wolf is just so the headline like you would never be like oh yeah I'm dating this guy he's like uh, he turns into a wolf and like but also it's so nuts like he's a viking isn't that crazy <laughs> yeah I mean, like our vikings aren't even around they're like, not, are like, they? i don't even know what that means i was really confused <laughs> by the viking part yeah like isn't everyone descended from vikings like who yeah. cares <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah <laughs> yeah and so i have a question is he oh he shifts into a wolf not a dog. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do his friends are, dogs. are his friends dogs or are they wolves too? I thought they were wolves too. Oh, I got confused. I also, yeah, we had a little, um, like, I think we, we not an argument about it. No. <laughs> we weren't, it wasn't like heated. <laughs> not a fight. Argument. We had a, <laughs> but I think we haven't been speaking for a, a few days actually. <laughs> but do you remember? Um, wh- wh- what position each of us took? Yeah, I think you correctly thought they were wolves, and I was like, "No, I think they're all dogs." Mm-hmm. And Connell is like embarrassed that he's a wolf, cause like, cause I was, I think I was like remembering the stuff in the beginning where he was talking about like the wolf inside of him being like chained up. But mm-hmm. when I reread the intro today, I think I, I like realized that was maybe. Just when he's a human, the wolf inside of him is chained up. I thought there was. I, I love your version because it's a different story, <laughs> yes. and it's a really fun other story of a, of a, a wolf embarrassed to not be a dog. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was the only wolf, and all his friends were dogs. I really like that story because I. Just- just feel like if I was a wolf in front of only dogs, it, I would be so self-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. though like I'm the strongest animal there. You're like, I don't know. It's weird. I'm a wolf. I know it's weird. <laughs> I really thought that was like the extra dynamic. But then when I reread the beginning, I was like, oh no, I guess he just is originally from a meaner wolf family or mm-hmm. a wolf pack. And so he's sort of an outsider in the Magnus pack. Because, or was he in the Magnus pack? Is that I pack? think so. <laughs> I think his pack's the Magnus pack. And he's an outsider in the Magnus pack because his original pack, they're like meaner. Because they're so Vikings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. So he's like more feral. He's everyone's wolves, but he's like a fe- more feral. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And this took a, again, like this took a second read of some of the material for me to glean. <laughs> oh, you I this book nine times. <laughs> and each time you learn something new. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there, there was, I did think he was a dog for a second. 
because there is one part where like hyenas are after her whatever yeah and um he has like turned to a wolf to like save her whatever and a dog comes over and it's like a really sweet dog and the dog was being really sweet and I and I was like oh so he's like kind of like this like huge macho guy when when he's like a man but then when he's a wolf he's like a sweet dog but then we learn it was just a random dog it wasn't (laughs) it was the golden retriever (laughs) I kind of love that scene yeah I did too I did too it's funny that they keep saying he's like a big teddy bear because he's really like a big wolf. <laughs> like there's some of all the animals you could choose, that one seems flawed. Yes, it's like conf- it's confusing to compare him to another animal in a world where there are probably shape-shifting bears do you know are there oh, shape-shifting I, bears yeah there are shape-shifting bears yeah. i i am i think there's shape it seems like any you can shift into any animal in this world like no animal is off the table oh i would love to have heard more about that in the book yeah i would have loved like a little less about like all of the different wolves businesses and a little more about like what other animals other people are shifting into yeah i like Cause like, okay, what animal do you think you would shift into? Like you had your what choice. What a fun and- question. <laughs> That's a really animal. fun question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What animal would I want to shift into or what animal do you think would, would I probably end up shifting you, into? I want answers to both those questions okay. now. No. <laughs> I know my, so my, it's definitely like, I have a strong feeling inside me. Mm-hmm. that it would be a turtle or a frog. <laughs> uh-huh. And I feel like that it speaks to what a different guy I am than Connell. <laughs> <laughs> but those feel much more, do those vibes kind of feel right to you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'd say aspirationally, mm-hmm. I'd like to say a penguin, but... But I don't think it's as realistic as <laughs> you could be a penguin. That turtle feels exactly like I feel like my story would be like I'm a turtle who like often retreats into his shell, but like learns that I can like leave my shell behind. <laughs> That's a great like, story. That's a great story. Um, what about you? Maybe a rabbit, like a bunny. <laughs> so we're like the tortoise in the yeah. air. <laughs> <laughs> The greatest love story of all time. Yeah. <laughs> that is really true it's to our dynamic. Significantly less erotic than a human <laughs> I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I think a rabbit, because I've always just really liked bunnies. I've I've always oh. felt very like um that was just like my favorite animal from like a very young age. But I also <laughs> feel like you used to dress as a bunny a lot. Yeah, I spent I spent a lot, a lot of my childhood dressed as a bunny mm-hmm. and so I, so I think that's what I would be. Yeah. Is that the one you want to be or the one you think you are or both? Well, that's the one I think I am. And mm-hmm. I honestly, I wouldn't mind it. I think there could be some fun things about being a bunny, but I think mm-hmm. I would honestly rather be something that could run a little faster. Like mm-hmm. I think, I think it would be fun even just to be a cat. Cause like you can kind of like run around and jump and like do some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so may, maybe a maybe a cat. 
That's a good one. Cause yeah. I think there's like in this book or like in this series, I think they're like panthers and tigers and stuff. I mean, like, so that's so like cats I was really thing. excited when the tiger came at the end. Um, it felt like a great Marvel ending <laughs> where I'm like, whoa, tigers are coming. <laughs> really did and I'm like should I read the next book and the next one is the next one about Andrew wait okay two questions it was yes. the first one about Sarah and Zach getting together yes the first one was about Sarah and Zach yeah oh, mm-hmm. that makes so much sense like because mm-hmm. their relationship really did feel very lived in for like the sort of secondary characters in a book yeah 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 and I think that um Mickey was like a side character and then it's like oh. I have a feeling the cliffhanger in that one was like Mickey and then that's maybe what gets that's cool. this book. Yeah. That's really cool. Um Becky, you need to tell us your who you want to sh- who your animal is. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So I feel like the animal that I would turn into, like that just this is my my curse. This is who not a curse, but like you know, I feel like I would turn into a cat, but one of those cats who hides under the bed all the time. Like <laughs> a scared cat just a scaredy cat like one of those cats where like you like know someone for years you've been to their house and then they're like oh my cat's upstairs and you're like you have a cat and you're like person's like yeah that cat's always been always hiding under my bed this is pulled from the headlines of our life right now because <laughs> our cat has developed a new habit mm-hmm. where she not only hides under the bed bed but hides under our covers and it really, it looks so funny when she's under the covers. Um, she never used to do that, but she looks just like E.T. Um, <laughs> sort of slumping around in there. It's a reaction to, um, like, she's had some, tr- uh, <laughs> how would you describe it? She got lost last week. Um, she, I, this is not what this podcast is about. So you can either we'll, cut we'll be, this we'll be so quick or we'll it. keep it brief. <laughs> and, keep um, this sad story real brief. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep this sad lost cat story. She, or, or we can make it erotic. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> she loves to go outside, mm-hmm. um, but like has been sort of getting a little too comfortable and going outside a little too long. And like mm-hmm. last week, I like went to like go find her and bring her inside for the nighttime because mm-hmm. didn't want her to get eaten by a coyote and she like didn't want to come in yet so she ran away and then like was lost for like a whole day and night and then we found her um she had gotten trapped in our neighbor's garage she was fine mm-hmm. but then like she couldn't go outside for a week until we got her like her fancy little gps collar because mm-hmm. um we just feel like we've we have, this was our one chance to lose our cat and have our neighbors help. And honestly, now I feel like if she gets lost again, we have to keep it a secret and we're on our own. <laughs> um, and so she was so like depressed not to be able to go outside that that is that she began just getting under the covers and spending all day under the covers. So this was like a sad sort of moping, like basically just like, she was like, oh, well, I guess I can't do what I like. Then I'm just going to like shut myself away under a quilt all day. Oh, that poor thing. I'm yeah, glad she's okay. Sad. Yeah, I we're just, so happy. We're oh, really yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I'm concerned about this neighbor who's always, I'm only helping you once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of neighbor's like that? <laughs> I just will feel like really embarrassed. Like, I feel like people were like, 
I was just like really ready to be judged for losing our cat in the first place. I feel like Mm -hmm. whenever people like learn, she goes outside. Like most people are like, cool, whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, that's your cat. And then some people are like, it's really dangerous. There's coyotes. My friend let her cat out and it got eaten and we found their bones strewn around. Like, I just like, God, I just feel like people can be like sometimes very judgmental of an indoor outdoor cat. Mm-hmm. And so I felt very embarrassed when she got lost because I felt like we were going to like get a lot of judgment for it. Aww. Well, whoever judges you sucks. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. People yeah. were really nice. I don't know. I'm like, I, I'm just imagining a whole inner life for people where like they were nice the first time and the second time they'll be like, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you got one help and then I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you think you would be an under the bed cat? Do you have something that you would want to be? I feel like my want would be like, I do think that there's something intriguing about turning into a wolf. I like get the symbolism of it. Would I ever want to be in a relationship with someone who turns into a wolf? Fuck no. Cause that seems complicated. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I want to be able to turn into a wolf. (laughs) <laughs> and live my life is there oh <laughs> <Sorry>. Aww. <laughs> what what animal does your cat want to turn into oh my god <laughs> I, I feel like she wants to turn into just like a bigger braver cat <laughs> <laughs> don't we all I know I know one day Mm -hmm. would you want to be in a relationship with any kind of shapeshifter or is it just (laughs) too complicated I feel like it gets too complicated like I just feel like unless we were both shifters and of and shifted into the same like species I don't is that am I bad do I sound like prejudiced or ignorant or something I don't know no well not to me Mm -hmm. Cause I just do think like, I I was sort of honestly impressed that the book didn't like sort of didn't go into any, like, like that they only had sex when he was like pretty much a man, but sometimes had fangs. Like I I, I was like, they draw, they drew the line at like fangs and claws and that felt Mm -hmm. like a very deliberate choice. Yeah. But like, I feel like it's impossible not to sort of like take a few extra mental steps and be like, well, what if they just fully shifted and then you are having sex with a wolf that feels like not that's not something I'm interested in that's my fear that's why I'm like okay well for both wolves and we shift into wolves great if we both stay human we stay human great but if one of us shifts into like that I'm just like I I would need to I would it would take me a really long time longer than Mickey to just like work that out in my head yes I don't know if I can yeah (laughs) But I really appreciate, I, I was listening to the Level Up uh, episode of your podcast mm-hmm. last night, uh-huh. and you were talking about shapeshifters in that one too. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how much thought you've given to it in general. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's all I think about. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, it does change. Like every time I see a new book where like, oh, someone can shapeshift into a hawk awesome like I'm like oh I'll change my mind maybe I'll change my mind like literally you can shapeshift into anyone um yeah would you shapeshift into a hyena because those were the bad guys in this book apparently 
Okay, yeah. And I was surprised when, like Mickey said, like it was the, they were the scariest thing she'd ever seen. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I can, I, that doesn't seem that scary. Maybe I, it made me doubt that I knew what hyenas looked like. Me too. I, Same. <laughs> because like there's bears, like bears seem scarier than hyenas and tigers yeah. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would have gone in thinking a wolf might be scarier to me yes. than, than a hyena. Wait, it makes me want to look up, have, have, did it, did you Google image search like a hyena? Cause now I kind of want to. Um, they don't I, look that different from Lion King. That's what I thought. Like the Lion King hyenas and they're just oh. like little. This looks, they're scary. No, they are scary. I think they're scary. Okay. Well, they're, I think they, they are. are they are. They are no offense to hyenas. They're a little evil looking. Like, do you see that? Can you see oh. that? Yeah, I see it. Yeah. They have like a glare. They have a they have a glare. Maybe like emotionally evil. Like it's like a little upsetting looking. It's like it a little is. unsettling. There is something like devilly about it, or like whatever yeah. like jackal-y or something, like that that I can I can see I can see hyenas being scary. Is it? I keep showing you pictures. I understand this is not a visual. Medium. I think that, yeah, the audience at home <laughs> needs to Google search hyena for this. Part Google to be search fun. hyenas, but yeah. like there, but <laughs> in this world where basically you're more powerful if you're just a bigger animal, like that's yeah. the science in this world, as in our world, I think. So if yeah. you're like you're a wolf and you're like wolf and rah 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 and then all of a sudden you see three tiny hyenas and you're like oh fuck like what world is that <laughs> yes <laughs> no i agree it's like it I, I and also it like sort of seemed like they had never almost like heard of a hyena like because like the whole like first like i feel like two-thirds of the book they were like they smelled something and they never smelled it before and they didn't know what it was. And then when like they discover that like Professor Lucrata is a hyena or whatever, I feel like Connell is like, well, Mickey, what do you know about hyenas? And I was like, you guys are animals. You're like part of the animal kingdom. Like you don't, I can't believe you don't know like basically anything about like another animal that seems to pretty much like occupy the same universe as you yeah because it feels like also like all of these animals it's like they're always they always have their guards up because all the animals i suppose are at war with each other yeah and so if you have like if you're like being raised in a pack and it's like then you're like son daughter watch out for our enemies watch out for our enemies and then all of a sudden and then you wouldn't know that like hyenas could attack you like it's like what kind of blind spot is that like yeah. you're not I don't know like, I feel like it would be like oh there's hyenas too like yeah but they were like oh it's hyenas like I don't know it was very <laughs> weird <laughs> I also like love this is like I like that hyena moment is like one of it's an example of something that I love about this book which were like all of the moments meant to demonstrate that Mickey is like a stone cold genius it was mm-hmm. like she like knows what the word imply means. Like that was, I feel like, like sort of a smart Mickey moment, but I actually, this makes me want to look up this hyena moment. Cause I feel like her hyena facts in my memory were pretty basic. And that's what made Connell go like, whoa, what's your idea? <laughs> she was just stating hyena facts and he was like, 
You're smart. Oh my God. Yeah, he had that great moment where he was like, Mickey, you're reading a book in your head. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> she has a photographic memory too. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, do you want, like, you should read. Okay. Yeah, definitely read it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, all right. I'll, this is when, okay. So, <laughs> um, so Connell is talking about hyenas and he says to Mickey, maybe you could do some research on that computer of yours. See what else you can find out. Cause an- another sign that she's like a real brain is that like, she like loves her computer. I mean, but this, this it's like Connell kind of thinking it's a little weird that she has a computer. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that computer of yours. Um, but she already had some knowledge so why wait Mickey closed her eyes she could visualize one of her favorite books Encyclopedia of Mammals which (laughs) I just want to point out that is like sounds like a like a Christmas present you'd give to like it sounds like a a child yeah Yeah, yeah, (laughs) there's no words in there it's just pictures (laughs) so her her favorite book is Encyclopedia of Mammals she saw the pages turn as if she had the book in her lap we can kind of visualize that she flipped to the section on hyenas and read what was there. They're matriarchal, extremely aggressive, which we already know. They don't get along like wolves or pride, though. She seems to not be reading anymore because mm-hmm. now she's sort of like using language from her own experience. Yeah. There is a lot of infighting. Well, this explains a lot. The male-female sex organs look very similar. At one time, it was believed they were hermaphrodites, but they're not. Oh, Connell's like, what? She's like, the cubs are born with a full set of teeth and they start fighting from the time they are pushed out of the womb. Sometimes two will fight while the mother is cleaning off a third. How freaking interesting is that? Connell frowned. He should be mad. She'd mistaken a golden retriever for him. Not even a German shepherd or a husky. This came sort of shortly after the, the dog moment, but a golden but he was too busy loving the feel of her arms wrapped around his waist and the sudden realization she just pulled hyena knowledge out of her pretty tight ass. <laughs> and I'll, I mean, yeah, I could sort of read forever, but um, this- th- Just that read is, the book, read yeah. the entire book now. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is the point that leads to the question, exactly how high is your IQ anyway? Mickey cleared her throat, 178. <laughs> Last he heard, 140 was hitting genius level. <laughs> when during that part where he's like that computer of yours, yeah, I had thought like, oh, are the wolves in this book like vampires? Like I thought like for a second he'd been alive. I don't think it's true, but like he had been alive since the Vikings, and that's why he was a Viking because. Like, what are you too sexy to know what a computer is? Like, yes. that's a great question. How yeah. old he is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a really great question. Yeah, because yeah, because he did seem to be like <laughs> kind of like disconnected from like a lot of modern technology, but then also I guess like owns a bunch of nightclubs. So yeah, what does he do when he's in a biker gang? Yeah. And he does go into that. There's a lot of dialogue where he goes into that nightclub persona and he's like, Mickey, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. 
He's like Nathan Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't Says stop me from loving you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a character on like The Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> I also, in one of my, speaking of his age, in one of my dumber moments reading the book, characters started to refer to him as Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they just, they meant that he was like, big like Thor but I had to, that was the moment I had to pause and say to Madeline is he Thor <laughs> <laughs> like he could have been because doesn't he mention that his grant like or something is like he fought Loki like the Loki of werewolves or something yes. yeah I, I thought they said also that he was like a direct descendant of Loki yeah oh okay okay I think he might have been there, yeah so it was really it seemed like he could have just like it wouldn't have been crazy for him to, in the world of the book, for him to be Thor. I think he could have been. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's an open question. We should write it's, a letter. It's a in the study questions for kids learning this in school. One of the questions would be, "Is he Thor?" <laughs> <laughs> and that could be a good essay. Yeah. <laughs> Explain your reasoning. Use three detailed paragraphs. Yeah, I think that'd be a great way to like show kids how to write like a proposal or something. So I have a question and a get and and a and I want and I have something that I want you guys both to guess. Ooh. Okay. Um, my first question is, so having read far more romance novels than we have, how common is it for um f- to refer to somebody's tight ass because I uh, I feel like this book well I mean honestly I feel like it depends on the characters like uh-huh. I feel like this book like yeah I have I have seen it but it's not as like I haven't but there's like terms that you'll see more like slick pussy or whatever you know that just like pop up more than just like tight ass you know and like so tight so yeah but he he talked about her tight ass a lot and it was very noticeable I was like just yeah I I felt like I was weirdly more like surprised by the constant invocation even just of the word ass like Mm -hmm. other than like I like I feel like you know it's like maybe a little jarring for them to be like his cock, her nipples, mm-hmm. her pussy. But that I felt like was a little like what I was expecting. Right. And for some reason, I just every time they just use the word ass, I, I was like, oh. <laughs> and so then I did like a search for the number of times the word ass is used in this book. Uh-huh. I was wondering if you guys, if either of you had a guess. Okay. Is it in the triple digits? Definitely in the double digits, but is it triple it's digits? It's in the doubles. I'll, I'll give you that. It's, it's in the doubles. doubles. Yeah. My guess would have been wrong. <laughs> I'll admit my original guess was 175. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I'm tweaking my guess now. Okay. I'm going to guess 51. And I'm going to guess 82. Okay. Price is right rules you win, Becky. Oh, okay. Because it was 73. 73. Well, that was like right in the middle of, yeah. You guys are both pretty spot on. I was wrong with 175. It was 100 less than that. <laughs> <laughs> but like the part that you read where he was like, she just pulled a fact out of her tight little ass. That is 
that wording is weird. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, wait a minute, hang on. When you pull something out of your ass, doesn't it mean you're making things up? Yes. (laughs) And she pulled it out of like her, I guess, photographic memory, which had photographed the encyclopedia of mammals. Um, who, who's saying she pulled it out of her tight ass. Was that coming from in what we just read? Is Connell thinking that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's just got, he's so horny. He's just so that, horny that, that he can't talk about pulling something out of your ass without also being like, and, and what an ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So boot. He got the phrase wrong, but <laughs> but he knew it was like just had her tight ass on the brain. He just tight ass, tight ass, nonstop. This guy, okay. There's a part in the beginning where they're at his club because he also owns clubs, and like, yeah. there's a guy talking to her, <laughs> and um, he gets like you know very like territorial. And it reminded me of like something that would happen in Naked Gun, where he literally <laughs> picks up the guy and throws. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was a fun, a fun amount of things being thrown across rooms <laughs> and out windows and things yeah. like that. And what was so funny was that that wasn't even the crux of the scene. Like it was. Just- <laughs> It was like, just like a little bit of like, it was like just a little bit of like fun color. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) (laughs) like, what would you do if you're just like in a club and you see a man pick up another man and he goes flying? Would you just be like, oh, you know, it's just the day in Connell's club. (laughs) No, I definitely (laughs) would rush to the man who got thrown and. It's, I'd feel like we needed to sort the situation out. <laughs> I know that guy's very hurt. <laughs> so I thought you were medical say. attention. I, I would know this is a situation to call 911 immediately. <laughs> a man has flown across the room. Like he probably like legit hurt himself. Like, I mean, there's going to be bruises. There's going to be back pain just it's glass shattered like this isn't just the this isn't just a joke no this is like serious and also like if you own a business like you should probably be worried about like that happening in your business yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like yeah it's bad business yeah yeah you (laughs) could get sued yeah yeah Yeah. did he he think about that you could your whole place could be shut down what a that would be a great story too of like it's just like small town werewolf owns a bar guy gets thrown he's very like he decides to like you know like sue him and then it's like the small town divided between the guy who was thrown and the werewolf and it's like that to me sounds like the best movie i love yes. that movie I, yeah i'm I, what a crime that that's not the sort of bad guys closing in part of this book is, is yes. that guy getting litigious yes that guy yeah. coming back they're like he like his cell phone <laughs> rang like they were obviously having sex so like it interrupted the sex and mm-hmm. like it rang again and then he picked up the phone and it was like it's fred 
club. <laughs> I would love to see like in the epilogue, they get back, they're living in their home. There's a knock at the door and it's a bunny and the bunny's like, you've been served. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, I would have given a standing ovation. <laughs> Are you the bunny? Yeah, I'm serving papers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, it's just like something really cute. Very yeah. like, it's not a wolf. But it's like, I may be cute. I can fuck you over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pop away. <laughs> just like start eating a carrot. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm really into that movie pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're pitches left and right. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then can we talk about the hotel room? Because he also throws a bed. <laughs> which was also like bolted to the wall and floor, which like uh, is that normal for a hotel room? I guess maybe the back maybe. of a but I but like my first thought was just like I know not like the main parts of the scene, but I was like, what kind of hotel room is this that like the furniture is bolted to the floor? Mm, yeah, that's a good point. point thank you <laughs> but he like wrecked that hotel room yeah I thought in both of us in that moment we thought that um he wasn't Connell we thought he was his cousin Einar because oh. they had made like such a meal out of like Einar looks just like Connell but he's like mean Connell and so we were like mm-hmm. oh my god this is the twist we're like Mickey's gonna like she's gonna like fuck Einar like and it's going to be scary and he's going to like scratch her or something. Mm-hmm. She's going to think it's Connell, mm-hmm. but it turns out it was just Connell. He was a little mad. Yeah. <laughs> we were always ready for that Einar trick to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird because like in the beginning, they bring up like, you're not like your family, your family's ruthless. And you would think like the family would come back in at the end, you know, but yeah. they don't. That They, they don't. There wasn't really like, a villain like it was like there were just like a bunch of half villains just getting in the way yeah there were like a couple people yeah who were just like a little annoying and then never <laughs> came back it's just like snooty people they're just like we don't like you we're hyenas and then <laughs> they blow them up i did did either of you get grease vibes at the very end of the book <laughs> i very it was very like tell me more tell me more <laughs> Is he a big wolf? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like the final paragraph of the book is that like they come back and she's with her girlfriends and he's with his guy friends and they're like, you fuck. And then like, and they're like, oh, did you scream? Like it was <laughs> totally <laughs> grease. It was so grease. Now I want to write that parody. <laughs> Go fetch fans. <laughs> goofy because like no other part of the book was like that like it wasn't just this fast like you love her yeah. man you love him girlfriend like <laughs> you're and the intercutting was really interesting it was also like this book like establishes so clearly over and over and over and over again that they love each other like the yeah. prologue is like pretty much they love each other mm-hmm. and then like every opportunity we get we are like reminded that like even though they're resisting it they love each other so it, yeah it just felt really like unnecessary to have a scene where they just like express to their to his old friends and her 
to a bunch of people she had just met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they love each other. I think this book was written for a very forgetful person. Because <laughs> everything is reiterated all the time. They're yeah. always like, and, and just to remind you, he's big. <laughs> and, and he loves her. And she's smart. Really going for a PhD. <laughs> and her best friends yeah. are Sarah and Angelina. Mm-hmm. And they'll do anything for her. <laughs> they'll do, they'll anything do anything for, for her. her. There was so much repetition in this book. Like I wrote down, like at one point, like we get it. They're horny. Like it was just like, <laughs> let's keep the story going. Let's keep it going. Like there were uh, both of us, like I feel like Ben, you pointed out um, like, that this was like it felt like written by like a very specific woman who doesn't want to like hurt who's like gotten in a lot of fights with her friends because like the number of times where she's like this was the closest she ever felt to someone except for Sarah and Angelina <laughs> yeah <laughs> that disclaimer was invoked so many times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I like yeah. it seemed like she was worried that Sarah and Angelina were reading the book <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to be pissed off. Like, I'm not replacing you with Connell. You're my best friends. <laughs> Host before bros. Don't worry. <laughs> Which makes me kind of think maybe Shelly Lawrenston, like this is a true story of what happened to her. Maybe. I think you're right. I think it's a biography or autobiography. Awesome. <laughs> I definitely believe she knows a lot of facts about hyenas. I, I believe that that part is, is biographical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think she had the Encyclopedia of Mammals right by her laptop. (laughs) Right by that computer of hers. Constantly looking at it. Um, Yeah. Oh, go ahead. We were, I, this is just like a a side note. Um, So we listened to a lot of this book, um, like in our, in our dining room while putting together a puzzle. Um, Mm -hmm. It took us two puzzles, uh, (laughs) two 500 piece puzzles. Um, That's amazing, by the way, congratulations on the two Yeah, honestly, thank (laughs) you, thank you. I I will unabashedly brag about that. Um, But we had like our windows open for a lot of listening to this. And I am like, just like to, again, speak about our neighbors, I am, like 90% sure like our neighbors like heard us listening to this like over the course of like several days and I am so curious a what they think and like be like whether any of them would like ever mention it to us they'll never mention it <laughs> <laughs> I but think, I'm curious yeah I really because we have like new neighbors right mm-hmm. behind us and I think they are the ones based on where these windows are who like I, they were definitely like letting their dog out into the yard while we were like blasting this. Like, oh, yes. Maybe if we got to be friends with them, like in a, like a moment of vulnerability, they would say, just to ask you guys. <laughs> I feel like you should just be like, it's good, right? And then they'll be like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the circle will be complete. <laughs> I, um, I listen to audiobooks while like while I cook, you know, or if I'm making yeah. something and um and it's literally right by my like it's my, you can hear like anything that goes on in my kitchen. And so like <laughs> one time I was listening to an audiobook, it got to the sexy part and like neighbors could hear 
And I walked into my trash can and the trash can, like this is during like the sexiest part. And I like, and it's like, he, you know, like took her nipple in his mouth. And then I like walked into my trash can and fell over the trash can. (laughs) (laughs) Trash like went everywhere. And I'm like screaming shit as like this sexy book is like going on in the background. That's amazing. That's incredible. That I really want to see as a scene. I was like, I cannot believe this fucking happened. And I feel like whenever, like, so sometimes like if I'm like, if I have to finish a book or whatever for the podcast or for like something else and I'm like cooking and listening to it, like, and my neighbors are, are like, they're like, oh, Becky's cooking again. And when <laughs> I always think they think that, I'm like, oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's cooking. <laughs> Someone's someone's pinching someone's nipples mm-hmm. <laughs> Becky must be cooking yeah I wonder what she's making <laughs> <laughs> what now how do you get into like romance the romance genre like have you listened to it for a long time or like do you remember how you got into it honestly this is crazy but I well first I, I like I always like in high school I always liked like I really like Jane Eyre and I really like the book Rebecca and not just because it's my name um <laughs> but then like honestly I want like and like you know I guess I had read like other like Jane Austen stuff or whatever but then like in terms of getting into like this genre it was an airplane story for me I one time saw a book I was really into Buffy the vampire Buffy you know the vampire slayer yeah. and um <laughs> And I saw, I, you know, saw this book in an airport, airport bookstore and it was just like vampire hunter, Cassandra, you know, is getting, you know, is getting into a lot of trouble. And when like at an other vampire hunter, like, <laughs> like whoever comes her way. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. This sounds like an episode of Buffy, but it's a book. Yeah. Chapter two, they started having sex. And I was just <laughs> like, what is this? And like, and I like turned like, I'm on the plane, like, you know, this is the first time I'm reading the book and, and it's in public. And I was like, you know, early twenties at the time, just like, who am I? And I'm like turning all like, like, oh my God, <laughs> like, you know, just, is anyone else reading this? <laughs> <laughs> but I was hooked. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like all, all roads lead to the airport. <laughs> it really does. And it was like the book itself, like on the cover, there was no like Fabio it was all you know it just looked like a like a fiction book and and I was like what the fuck is happening (laughs) what a great accident what a great it was a very (laughs) very happy accident um okay I want to ask you guys what did you think of the sex scenes what was your favorite sex scene great question I mean, I know the whole book was a sex scene, so. (laughs) I was glad for when he marked her. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I I wanted um, some things that made it, like, I think my question for a lot of the sex scenes was, what makes this a sex scene that could only happen in Go Fetch? And... (laughs) a good question and not every scene answered that question for sure yeah but 
but when he he gave her a little bite right that's what mm-hmm. marking her was I thought oh this is doing it and and I think it's kind of a a nice idea to to mark someone um I mean like I think it's it's kind of romantic it is romantic I agree I I kind of liked the the one where she was where she basically like blew him while he was on a phone call because I thought that was like I felt like that was the really like the promise of the premise of like a smutty book I like I just liked how like I I liked how sort of like naughty that one was yeah (laughs) she was really letting loose she also had the popsicle in that too was that also the popsicle one that was the infamous cherry popsicle scene I also like was kind of confused why they like I know popsicles don't seem like the kind of thing you like bring into a hotel because you like don't really have a freezer but like I know but fine (laughs) no but you're bringing up good logistic points of it melting and I feel like she had that popsicle that popsicle was intact for from downstairs to upstairs in the hotel room while you're typing for a while yeah that's a frozen <laughs> yeah honestly like just the amount of time it takes you to like get out your laptop and like, st- like you're she was typing for a while and just eating a popsicle it's like crazy <laughs> what about you becky your i favorite? think that was my favorite one too because it was just like it kind of like like was the book of like this is the most like he's on the phone talking about something serious with his buddy she is like giving him a blowjob with a you know with a popsicle and I'm like this is the book like it's crazy sex and then high stakes but we're more concerned about what the sex is and it's great yeah (laughs) and I and he was I love that he was also like that the end of that phone call yeah that phone call was about the fact that they were being hunted that like they were actually like somebody was trying to kill them and then I my favorite wait can I I just I want to I my favorite part of the scene okay so my my favorite part of the scene is so like this is kind of like the end of the of like the popsicle conversation so especially Mm -hmm. once she tossed that ice pop wrapped that soft hand of hers around his balls and lightly squeezed um, and this is what he's hearing on the phone. Well, since I've got you, why don't we go over the stuff for the new club in Barcelona? <laughs> I, I just like love that it becomes a business conversation about like the the clubs that they own. Like it was such a funny reminder that like uh, just going on behind the scenes of like mm-hmm. all of this drama, like these wolves have to like, run like a successful hospitality (laughs) (laughs) I just loved it there's something to be said about like them being able everyone every single character in this book being able to multitask I I, there is something to be said for that (laughs) yes yes And, and then I also love that that phone call like ended with like finally Zach let him go because he because he was like Sarah's trying to like take my pants off now Mm -hmm. so it was like the only reason like the blowjob conversation ended was because like the guy on the other end was (laughs) somebody was about to have sex with him (laughs) it's the only thing that ends conversations in this book like no nothing ends (laughs) with just like see ya (laughs) they're all just like so busy having sex it's Mm -hmm. like 
crazy. Like they are all just like, I feel like all of their conversations should be like, oh my God, I'm like my, I'm fucking swamped this week. Like Mm -hmm. we're opening a club. We like have to fight the hyenas, but I have to have like, like, I've had to have like nine and a half hours of sex and I just don't know where it's going to fit. <laughs> it's just like and their schedules like, are too full. Yeah. And she has homework. Like, like yes. getting your doctorate is like hard, I imagine. And yes. she's just parting it up with werewolves and having sex nonstop. Like, don't you want to study? She doesn't even practice. Like, No, she hasn't practiced one time. <laughs> like, I don't care how much she knows the information. Like she like, you, you need to run through it like once yeah. at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Um, she Practice really go. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like just, she like, it's like, she really goes from one extreme to the next. She was like, mm-hmm. all I, all I can do is work. And then she was like, actually, I'm not going to do a lick of work. I'm just going to have sex. I'm going <laughs> to wing my dissertation. <laughs> She, it worked. It worked. She it did worked. great. She crushed it. She crushed it. <laughs> um. So okay, I want to get to overall your overall thoughts and a final rating. Um. You can rate this book based on how many popsicles. One popsicle, it's terrible. Ten popsicles, the best thing you ever read. But since, but you can rate on like how much you enjoyed it. You know, because just because like you don't read a lot of romance, so yeah. And, and also please include your final thoughts. Do you want to go first? I'm going to give it <laughs> eight popsicles. <laughs> um, but it's hard to differentiate between how much fun I was having doing the puzzle and how much fun I was having listening to the book. So I think it doesn't matter. The whole experience. Share. <laughs> um this particular uh puzzle of polaroids <laughs> that you can get at target um <laughs> gets eight popsicles and and so and honestly i'm at time i feel like they've blended together in my head so there are Aww. some things about the puzzle that i that i feel that i'm like oh is that the part where with the bison and i'm like no that was the bison on the puzzle um uh, <laughs> But um, this was this was a treat <laughs> and very out of um, my what I normally read and and so I feel like there was a lot of fun in it for me. So eight popsicles. And I, I'm gonna give it okay. I'm gonna give it seven popsicles. Um, kind of to have a, a different, just to not copy you. Um, mm-hmm. And I because like on the one hand. I like, there was a lot I enjoyed about it. And I was like, I, I think I will remember this book a lot more vividly than like many, many of the other books that I've read. Like, Same. I, like, I, I found myself over the past like week, like images from the book have popped into my mind. I've like, I have thought about the characters of Mickey and Sarah mm-hmm. and Connell. I've, I have lingering questions that I think will contribute to the sort of memorable nature of the book. And then the three point deduction mm-hmm. is for like, there were like just- <laughs> For why this is not one of, the, <laughs> one of the best books you've ever read. <laughs> why this isn't a 10 popsicle book. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Which, what would be a 10 popsicle book for you? Um, um, I please say the Encyclopedia of Mail. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a little life. A little life. Ten is, is 10 popsicles. Oh my, yes. So why, so, so okay. So a this is the reason for why popsicles. this is three knocks. <laughs> three three knocks down, down from my favorite life. book I've ever read. <laughs> um, is... <laughs> Because there were like a couple sort of writing ticks that like mm. by the end of the book kind of got on my nerves, like like very specifically, like too many times, like the phrase like, when the hell did that start happening was used. And like, mm-hmm. so there were just like a couple. And and like, that was so not okay. There's a lot of that. <laughs> 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 so some of those like slightly like um redundant kind of flares of attitude in the book like mm-hmm. um lost at three popsicles for me sure I get that like because there were parts where it's like like in like you would read it and then there would be like italics and it's like what the characters were thinking and it's like yeah. you didn't need it they're like yeah. you know it's like something like um do you have did you pack everything um Mickey and Mickey was like yeah I got everything and a box of con like you know what I mean <laughs> and it's like, we didn't need that <laughs> but I will say on that note there was a level of commitment that this author had for this book that I like really respect like yes. there, it, she just went all out and I'm like I kind of respect it I mean I kind of yeah. I do respect it I really yeah. do I also like feel like she loves these characters yes. like mm-hmm. like re- like reading this I felt like like an almost palpable desire to like live in the world of this book mm-hmm. like like I felt that she it like reminded me of how I used to feel when I read the babysitters club. Like I remember mm-hmm. like I read like that babysitters club super special where they go on a cruise. And I yeah. like had a dream that I went on a cruise with the babysitters club. And I like, it was so vivid that I still remember it to this day. And I like woke up and was like, so filled with sadness that it wasn't <laughs> real. Um, and I imagine Shelly Lauriston like having a dream that she is like in the Pax mansion with those girls, like sort of gabbing with those girlfriends mm-hmm. and like her like hot, like wolf man who like fucking loves her and would do anything for her. And they had this like great banter is like in the other room. Like I just imagine her like waking up from a dream and being like, well, Shelly, not today. <laughs> like I like I <laughs> I just, I like, I think that's what I like the most about the book. Yeah. It felt like she was having, like, I know writing's hard. We all know writing's hard. It felt like she was having a blast writing it and just, you know what I mean? And like, you could tell. (laughs) Yes, completely. Yeah. I, I think I give it, I give it, I also give it seven popsicles out of 10 popsicles. There were just a few parts where I'm like, there was like some language that was like felt very like anti-transgender to me you know and just like and so I'm gonna like take point popsicles Mm -hmm. off for that and I looked it up and it was written in 2016 and I was like "Eh, it's too late (laughs) too late um but 
I do feel like aside from like those comments, like the politics were kind of correct in terms of like, what am I talking about? This is a book about dogs fucking. Um, like, like just the politics were correct about like gender dynamics, you know, yeah. like it felt like, oh yeah, it felt like very like sex positive, very forward. And so, yeah, I give it, I give it seven out of 10. Maybe I'll wake up tonight and be like, you know what? Eight out of 10 popsicles. I don't know, yeah. but it's yeah. up there. I recommend yeah. I recommend people read it. <laughs> Yeah, I think 2016 was the year that on RuPaul's Drag Race they stopped using the word female. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. book <laughs> didn't get that memo. They didn't get the memo. Yeah, well, Connell doesn't seem like he knows how to work a TV, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, oh my God, you guys, this was delightful. Thank you so much for being guests. This is. I, I, this is like the book club I've always dreamed of. Yeah, this was, it was like, this was really like such a fun world to get to be in. Too Stupid to Live is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more podcasts you'll love, visit frolic.media slash podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.